0: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News. 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here this morning. Tragic breaking news this morning is four kidnapped Americans. We found that story out yesterday. Two of them have been found dead, another one injured. Uh, We don't know if they're in a safe place yet, although the Mexican government said they were sending people to make sure that the two survivors were taken to safety. We don't know the severity of the injuries to the person that's been injured. Uh, Joining me now is my friend Steve Hooper. Spent over 30 years with the FBI, um, Steve. Your initial reaction when you, when this turned from a kidnapping to a murder—your uh, mind as being with the FBI and doing these things—how does it change? What happens?
1: Well, it's uh, you know it's really sad, and and we I, I heard you talking with Gatos about it, and uh, uh, he makes a great point that um, you know people need to be aware of this. It's uh, there's a lot of unsafe areas down in Mexico, and. And uh, unfortunately, FBI agents who work in places like McAllen, Texas, Brownsville, Texas, both uh, small offices out of our San Antonio office, um, this is what they deal with. And they're, they're always putting out, State Department puts out warnings uh, saying where, where it's safe to travel, where it's not safe to travel, and that's hard to distinguish anymore. And so, um, you know, it's what they're, it's the, it's the, these, the agents in these offices fear this kind of report. Uh, every day because they do, they see it up close and personal every day.
0: So what is the process now? Because obviously this is a sovereign nation and although these are American citizens, the FBI going into Mexico and effecting an investigation like they might do in the States is not possible. How does it work and what happens now? <laughs>
1: So uh, across the globe, there's FBI agents uh, assigned, and m- most of them work out of the, uh, the U.S. embassies in those those countries. It's no different down in Mexico, and and things are in places between the ministries of justice and our Department of Justice called MLATs, mutual legal assistance treaties, and it's agreements to share information on investigations. So the FBI um, is the lead agency for. Uh, crimes against American citizens outside of the United States. So whether it's out of McAllen, Brownsville, or even out of the main office in San Antonio, a team will be deployed down to, to Mexico to do the investigation. In conjunction with and jointly with uh, Mexican officials, the legal attache who is assigned to the Mexico City office, that agent will work closely with the government down there as they do day in and day out to uh, to provide liaison and assistance uh, at the uh, executive level in the government seat, if you will, in Mexico City. But that's how it's coordinated uh, through the investigation. But there'll be a team sent down with with uh, everything from uh, evidence response teams, the forensic uh, cr- uh, crime scene investigators, and so forth, um, will participate.
0: Now, I know this is coming from a place of complete ignorance on on especially this area, but the concern from Americans when it comes to these crimes with cartels and everything else is that there is so much corruption in the government level, whether it's law enforcement or the political leaders. Um, it, Is is there confidence that the FBI, do they have confidence that their counterparts in Mexico are going to be as motivated as they are to solve this crime?
1: Well, that's the, uh, the elephant in the room, right, is, uh... The corruption in the Mexican government, and uh, to say they have confidence, it all depends. It does come down to people, right, Mike. We know that it's all about relationships and and uh, the ability to coordinate and work together. And I'm sure that our that the FBI agents that are assigned on the border have great relationships with some officers that they work with uh, across the border. I'm sure the legal attaché assigned to Mexico City has people that he or she trusts uh, working down there and, and connected to the government. But there's always that wild card, Mike, and we know that. We we, we're, we can't be afraid to say it. We know that. The, the wild card in Mexico is corruption. The wild card is who's uh, who are the uh, cartels uh, connected to and, and uh, who can you trust when you're working on an investigation in your group. So you have to be really selective as to, and it's not just Mexico. We deal with this around the world. And and when you have to vet the investigators that you're working with, it adds a whole new element to conducting a legitimate and, uh, and detailed investigation.
0: Steve Hooper is joining me. He spent over 30 years with the FBI, including uh, time over the JTTF here in Joint Terrorism Task Force in Phoenix. Um, let they, the report that we have, and it has a, I'm sure it will be updated soon, that when the Mexican government found out that two Americans were dead, one injured, one is apparently healthy, they said they were sending ambulances and security forces to secure them. Um, What is that like? I mean, how sure can you be or how confident can you be that those two survivors are safe and will be safe?
1: Well, there you go again. It's it's a, it's the trust you have to put into them. They they want to put a good face on it. They want to make sure they do. It's already going to look bad for them, right? Four Americans go down there for some medical assistance and uh, or some medical treatment, and uh, two end up dead, uh, four end up kidnapped, two end up dead. That's already going to going to look bad. Uh, they they're not going to want to add insult to injury, so they're probably going to send a uh, trusted and and solid. A medical team out to uh, to at least make the um, the recovery, rescue and recovery element of this uh, tragedy look good.
0: Have you seen the video? Did you see the original video of the kidnapping? Yes, I did. So, when you saw that as a professional in this profession, when you it, that looked like a very coordinated kind of an attack, whether they was a, whether it was mistaken identity or not, it looked like they knew what they were doing. Did you get that impression from that? And what did that tell you about who these kidnappers were?
1: Um, so, the speculation is that they were somehow caught in the middle of a, a potential um, uh, crossfire uh, between uh drug groups and uh so the um that area of mexico is the, the gulf cartel and uh and it could have been a some warring factions going on in there and they got caught up in the middle there's some news reports i don't know that we'll know the details yet but it might have been where it might have been almost a panic thing where they realized they just uh uh shot one Americans and two people that weren't involved in this at all and uh, they were just scrambling to uh, get get rid of the uh, evidence, get rid of the bodies get, get them out of there as fast as they could so that uh, no one saw what happened um, I don't uh, my opinion I don't think it was a coordinated effort to target these people and think that they were going to somehow be beneficial to them whether robbing them and so forth. Uh, I think as details come out, it's going to be just a uh, unfortunate tragedy of the wrong place at the wrong time.
0: All right. So this is a very morbid question. But what does it tell you that they left survivors that two were killed? They're obviously now they're murderers of American citizens. Why would they leave two alive?
1: So that again is a question that remains to be answered, obviously. Uh, it's possible that the two, two were killed in the incident. They didn't, they weren't killed because they were uh kidnapped, they were uh, throwing the uh, bodies in the back of the truck uh, at the scene the the video I saw so it's possible that they uh that two uh died and they didn't want to then quote unquote execute the other two they wanted to uh you know they just said let's leave them and get the get out of here you know um again, I think a lot of those details will will come out.
0: Well, I know with this. a lot of this is speculation, but with your years of experience in this, I, I figured you would be the one to talk about the process. I always appreciate the information, and uh, you know I'm going to be reaching out as this carries on to find out if there's more detail you can give us.
1: Sure,
0: anytime, Mike. All right, Steve. Thank you so much. That is uh, Steve Hooper. Um, spent over 30 years with the FBI and is, is a close friend and has a company called Tripwire Security Solutions with his wife, where they consult on uh, corporate and school district security measures and um, just a, a wealth of information on just about anything. Him and his wife both are uh, very good friends, but also such a wealth of information. Um, what we're going to do is very briefly. We're going to shift to some other news that is going on, and then at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be talking. talking. Talking with uh, a sheriff. I've tentatively scheduled Sheriff Mark Lamb to join me at 935. As you know, in Pinal County, they deal with this all the time with these. They call them rip crews sometimes. And I'm speculating here. But with crews of people in the cartels that are very violent, I want to talk to him about the what he saw and what his perception was of what he saw in this attack. So we're going to do that coming up here in just a couple of moments. So stick around for it. Um, A rough day, a very fast-moving day. Uh, I want to suggest you download the KTAR News app. This is a great time for you to do that. It will update you on breaking news. This morning, just before I went on the air, we broke the news. When I say we, KTAR, the news team, broke the news of uh, the Americans, two of the Americans in Mexico that were kidnapped. Two of them are dead. One is injured, and the other seems to be physically okay. The, The governor and the president of Mexico has said that they sent security forces and an ambulance to the two survivors. We have not got an update that they are in a safe place right now, uh, but we're awaiting that information. We're going to talk more about that. As a matter of fact, coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to speak with Pinal County Sheriff uh, Mark Lamb. And uh, there's some insight here because of what they deal with on a daily basis with crews of people like this. And... um, Uh, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit, but not much Um, here in America. We know that even our cities, we have places that are immensely dangerous and it's not the same. I'm not calling it the same, but we understand that there's danger here. And our expectation in America, or at least my expectation here, is that we have enough law enforcement and good men and women in law enforcement that are willing to stand in the gap to prevent those things from happening. Twenty three people were charged with domestic terrorism in In connection with an attack on what they're calling Cop City in Atlanta, which is a a police and fire training center. And uh, this group, it didn't seem to be attached to the protesters. They seemed to be kind of glomming on to the protesters. There was a protest going up. A group of people showed up. Changed into black clothing and attacked. The interesting thing about one of this is one of them, many of you have heard of the SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Center. I think they're a controversial group. There are those that don't, but I think they're a controversial group. One of their attorneys named Thomas Webb Juergens. Thomas Webb Jurgens was charged with domestic terrorism on Monday for violently protesting against construction of a new police facility in Atlanta. He was one of 23 people arrested and charged with domestic terrorism after, after a music festival devolved into a violent protest against the police and this training site. Um, this kind of shows the depth I think of a movement and, and um, this there there are violent people out there and we've got to stop ignoring it i was very careful and i will always be very careful to do this i do believe that a lot of the protests that we saw BLM protests that were going on around the country were mostly peaceful. The ones in Phoenix were absolutely peaceful. But the way they were handled in Phoenix, it's very an interesting dichotomy and an interesting relationship that was developed. And I don't know if it was good or bad in the end. I just found it interesting that the Phoenix Police Department worked with coordinators and event coordinators of the protest. Now remember, at its foundation, the BLM protests were against the police. Not all of them, but police use of force um, they were a big part possibly the defund the police movement, but the police are bound by law to make sure the protesters can protest safely, that they're not in danger, but also that they don't break any laws. Well, they worked together to make sure that anybody that was going to be out there that would commit acts of violence didn't. So we saw peaceful protests here in in the valley. But in other parts of the country, we know what started out as a protest where people, and I'll be honest, I don't agree with the premise. I don't agree with the premise of what they were marching for. I'm not, I'm not in agreement that there is systemic racism and problems in policing. I don't subscribe to that point of view. But I absolutely – support their right to protest and protest peacefully. The problem is you can be someone who says, we need to do this. We need to stand up and make our voices heard. And you stand up for what you believe in. And then people that join your midst all of a sudden do damage and you're blamed for it and lumped in with them. And that I will tell you is something That I don't ever want to see, and that's what this appears to be. But it also takes on a different meaning here. This guy is a lawyer with the Southern Poverty Law Center. He's a staff attorney for the Economic Justice Project and obtained his law degree from the University of Georgia. His LinkedIn profile says he is an active member of the Georgia Bar and the Florida Bar, based on publicly available profiles, which include his middle name. So he is an activist, an activist lawyer, which is all well and good, but he got involved in violence against government officials. They are arresting him for for domestic terrorism, and I don't think it's the wrong thing to do. So what we would normally figure is a bunch of kind of dumb young kids that are angry and outraged and act violently and they need to be set straight and they need to be told you can't behave that way and we largely chalk it up to their youthful passion overtakes them no this is a lawyer this is someone who's gone to law school and is still acting out so violently So they say activists have been protesting against this site since 2020, and some allegedly occupied the publicly owned forest land for over a year until a standoff with police led to them being cleared out. The SPLC is left-wing civil rights organization and a watchdog group that monitors alleged hate and extremist groups, which I find to be now a bit ironic. Will they, will they cast this guy out of their midst? If you're someone that claims to be a watchdog group against extremism and hate, how do you have a lawyer that works for you, part of a violent protest, and say he's not a part of the problem. Even if you agree in principle with what he was fighting against, there's no way in the world you can agree with how he did it. No way. And I'm anxious to see what the SPLC does with this. Um, As I said, uh, Mark Lamb is going to join me. He is... um, The sheriff of Pinal County, and they deal with quite a bit of what we've been seeing in violence. And I want to get his perspective as a as a law enforcement officer and as someone who runs an agency that deals with these issues quite a bit. What he saw in that video and what he what that told him. All right. So all that's coming up here in just a few moments. Please stick around. Uh Values and strong opinions. The Mike Bloomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. Uh, a rough morning here in the United States as we learned that uh, four Americans yesterday were kidnapped in Mexico. Two of them have been found dead, another one injured. We don't know um, the two survivors. We do not know the location or the status of them, although the Mexican government said they were sending security forces and an ambulance to go check on them. We'll find out more as the day goes on, a report about them. Joining us right now is Pinal County Sheriff Lamb. Uh, Sheriff, I want to get your perspective. Do, have you you've seen the video, correct, of the kidnapping?
2: Yes. Yes, I have.
0: So let's talk about this crew. I know there's some terms like rip crew and things of this nature, but you see coordinated crews for these cartels. What did you see in this video? Did that look like a maybe they weren't the targets? But when this became a kidnapping, they appeared to me to be coordinated and they knew what they were doing. Is that your impression? Yeah, yeah, we see
2: that with the rip crews. We see that with these guys a lot. And it's no different than like when our units do like a street jump. You know, our guys train a ton to be able to do a successful street jump. Which is, we take a car down that might have somebody that's wanted by the law, by law enforcement in it, and we do it in a quick and efficient manner. It's clear that these guys have done this before. This isn't the first time. And this should show Americans just how violent it is amongst the cartels and how much they control these areas to know that that car did not belong in that area.
0: Now, we keep... We keep hearing, and I I don't, I'm not very familiar with Mexico. I've only been a few times in my life, that there are some very nice places. I have people that have friends in Rocky Point. They own businesses and they own homes. But if you were advising someone, if you were advising someone that's going on spring break, a college student, what would you tell them about traveling into Mexico?
2: Look, I mean, this is no offense to Mexico because I love it. I used to go. I've been a few different places in Mexico, and they're some of the most beautiful places in the world. But me personally, here's what I always say: me personally, I'm not going to Mexico. My my face has got to be plastered all over that place. Um, the, the second I just stepped off the plane, they would probably know exactly who was there. So I like I always caution people: if you if you're going to go, please you know go into groups, um, not just groups of women. Uh, And do things, you know, fly in. I mean, driving in in your own car down into Mexico, uh, they know which cars belong and don't belong. So my now, especially with this, my advice would be to, to really think twice about that trip.
0: Do you see crews operating in the same manner on our side of the border? This isn't a border security issue because this happened in Mexico. But do you see crews like this that operate in your county?
2: We have rip crews in our county that have historically come down and stolen the loads from the other cartels bringing the drugs in. And what they do is not just steal the drugs. Now they're stealing those loads of people. And then they're taking those people and bringing them up and enslaving them up in Phoenix, let's say. And they don't let them go until they pay off another debt that they've already paid once to a different cartel. So this is something that's already happening in America. But the longer we allow this to happen in the country, the longer we are allowed to that we go without declaring them terror organizations the more the stronger they get and the more bold they get and now we see we have american lives being lost in mexico it won't be long before that that spills over tremendously into our country
0: when you see this kind of thing happen uh what happened in mexico the what people are are guessing or are saying it looked like is maybe they got caught in the crossfire between two rival crews or maybe they thought this was a rival crew is that what you saw
2: I mean, I've heard that and that looks like that could be what it is Um, clearly they knew that vehicle did not belong Um, and who knows, you don't know what uh, only they know down there uh, the people that went there and the people that were kidnapped and sadly uh, you know, my heart goes out to those who lost their lives and hopefully the other two will be okay that's a tragedy And, and, and why they were there, we can ask those questions all day long, but in the end, two people lost their lives and I think that's the true tragedy here
0: There is a good uh, relationship, I know, with your deputies and with people that work for our federal government, whether it's ICE agents or CBP. But is there a good rapport and relationship between our federal agents and the federales of the federal agents from Mexico? Do you believe that there is a good cross-border relationship?
2: Well, you know, recently there was a guy who died in Yuma, a law enforcement guy on the other side of the border. It wasn't in Yuma. It was on the other side of the border. And and I think he had some, some relationships with people, law enforcement here on this side. So I know there is some relationships. The problem is, is that we in law enforcement understand that, they don't have the power down there. The cartels have all the power. You know, I hear the president say they're going to do what they can to help secure and restore the, the faith of the American people. But we've seen it. They don't have a chance against these these cartels. So um, I'm a little dubious as to whether or not they're going to be able to regain that, tra- that trust and confidence of the American people.
0: Well, Sheriff, I know that you're traveling, and I appreciate the short notice to you coming on. I just wanted to get some perspective, because I know videos like this are some things you see all the time, and I just wanted to get some perspective, and I appreciate it.
2: No problem, brother. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: All right, thanks. That is Sheriff Mark Lamb from uh, Pinal County. Um, The reason why I wanted to get a local sheriff's perspective some someone that deals with this is when you, uh, the intelligence that's gathered, and and, uh, obviously this is a federal incident because it was American citizens in Mexico, but for local law enforcement, when they see someone behave like this, the intelligence they gather, when they see crews working in kind of a coordinated way, we don't know in the long run, and I guess for the families, if I were a family member, it wouldn't matter to me anything right now except that i'm never going to see someone that i love again alive um and that, to me, is uh, tragic. But to the rest of us, as we deal with this international incident, I- I've been hearing from so many people, and I'm glad that Sheriff Lamb mentioned how beautiful it is in Mexico. I, I have friends that have been reaching out to me all morning long that are from Mexico. The- they are Americans, but they are Mexican immigrants. And they talk about their travels back to the country and how beautiful it is. And I know it's beautiful in Mexico. This is what's tragic about this. Um that we we cannot lump everybody together and i don't think it's an american thing to lump everyone together but there are Amer- there are mexican citizens that are held hostage by these same cartels as much as they would want to help they can't they're in fear for their lives or the lives of their families this is going to be an international and diplomatic um Mission, the FBI has got to get some kind of justice. The Mexican government has sent condolences and said they 're going to work with us, and I just hope that they do. I think maybe this can be used as a way of bonding and saying this things like this have to end um, that the cartels have gone one step too far and how brazen they are at what point do we turn around and, and go in a different direction and uh, what I think i 'm going to do in a moment is is talk about that, is have they gone too far and what does that different direction look like? So we'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. It's been a shocking morning here as uh, word has come out of Americans killed in Mexico, these four that were kidnapped. And we were still reeling and trying to figure out why this happened. There's been a lot of speculation that they were caught in kind of the crossfire of a drug deal gone bad or two rival cartels. And I want to explain a little bit of that because I have a little bit of insight. We just had Pinal County Sheriff Mark Lamb on, and they have something they call rip crews. Now, whether this is this case or not, I want to give you what some of the speculation is. RIP crew is a rival crew of a cartel, whether they're trafficking people or in drugs. So it happens a lot here in in, in where is in Pinal County, but in other places where they have uh, lookouts up on the mountains and they're watching their crew. Let's say it's a crew from one cartel bringing people into the country across tribal land, the Tohono O'odham Nation. A rival crew on a mountain will see them coming in and they will direct their RIP crew crew to go in and rob them to take the people, enslave the people if it's drugs, take the drugs and the money and the guns they have. So that is what a rip crew is and they do it to each other all the time. And the speculation here is that this car did not belong there either. This group thought they were about to get robbed or they were thinking they were robbing a rival crew. Now whether or not that it winds up being the truth, we don't know And and that, but that was part of the speculation of how quickly this is moving. Now word got out, this morning that two of the Americans are dead. One is injured. We don't know how severely, at least I haven't heard yet. Uh, KTAR News broke this this morning and they're getting more information. So as this happens, we'll find out more. We don't know the condition of the two survivors. We don't know if they are in a safe place yet. We're supposed to be learning more as the day goes on. But what does this say now of what happens next? When you look at um, what happened in the 1980s and 90s, I, I've talked about, I just talked about this last night on CNN. The 80s and 90s when, uh, well, George H.W. Bush... When he decided enough is enough with the Medellin and the Cali cartels and others, but those two specifically in Colombia, the American government began to play an active role in defeating the cartels in Colombia. And the active role was supposed to be an advisory role. They were in a training and an advisory role, giving them intelligence data, use of equipment, and training, um, you know, uh, tactics. Uh, we, we found out, I, I think most people would understand, that there probably were other, other operations that were going on. But when you go into a sovereign country, like our FBI agents are stationed at the probably the U.S. consulate in um, or the, you know the the embassy in Mexico City, they will be assigned this case. But FBI agents will be a part of the investigation, but they are not the investigators. They work hand in hand. But you are in a sovereign country where you have got to count on those government officials in that country. But is this going to be a linchpin? Is this going to be one of those moments that changes things? What I mean by that is the American people largely have been upset about border security and what's going on. Fentanyl is the number one killer of Americans. It is largely being trafficked through Mexico with products that are being sold to them to, to create uh, fentanyl. It, the products of that, those ingredients are being sold through China. And so a lot of Americans are saying we got to get tougher on China. We've got to do more uh, with, this, uh, with the fentanyl business on the border. We have to start getting serious about this. But we have now seen a break. An attack against four Americans caught on film. Now, unless those two Americans were killed immediately and then they were too afraid to kill the other two, we just don't know. But we do know that two Americans perished in this. And the American people, myself included, are demanding justice. It is a human reaction that we want the people that did this to pay a heavy price. I have a belief and I'm not a diplomat. I'm not someone that's been doing this for less friends of mine have all their lives. I'm just going with what my naked eye shows me with the cartels. The cartels have absolutely no respect for human life. They don't – you're not going to reason with them. They deal in power and they deal in control and they deal in intimidation and they deal in violence, which means that's the only thing they understand. And I, I am not calling for a war with Mexico. I am not calling for U.S. troops to go. But something has to be done. A message has to be sent. They have to pay a very heavy price economically with the ability to get their drugs into our country. If we do not st- start cutting off their ability to do that with the human trafficking that's going on, if we don't – and this happens quite a bit, I, you know, whether you know it or not, in the streets of America, when something finally crosses a the line, there is – Is a we're going to come after your wallet kind of a response from law enforcement that says until we get answers to this question, you're not going to have a comfortable night's sleep. It's just not going to happen. We've seen that happen so many times. So what's the answer? Because I'm searching. I wish I had it. If If I had a feeling of this is exactly what we should do. You know, I keep uh, I, I I keep going back to the movie and it's just a movie, Sicario, the the, the second one, um where they went in and they performed an operation there and it ended up in a shootout and we ended up on the other side of the border and and all of that's hypothetical and it's all for the movies. But when we look at something like that, when we see something like that happening, when Americans are in danger, when we are seeing Americans killed, it's it's spring break, is right around the corner. How many of you out there that have children that are in in college are going to allow your child to go into Mexico, any part of mexico, and that's another part of it that 's a shame is how beautiful parts of Mexico are when you meet Mexican people here they are such good people that they work so hard they have they, they embrace their culture, they love where they 've come from like all of us would I, you know I was raised in Southwest Florida I still you know have a romance about where I grew up, they love the culture they love a lot of people there still, and they are heartbroken about what's happened to their country. Is this going to be? where this changes, where we see a coordinated effort against these cartels, fighting them the way they fight and winning. It's going to take resolve, but I wonder if we're going to do it. Coming up just after 10 o'clock, we are going to talk about the economy. We haven't talked about anything else this morning, really, except this topic. We are going to talk about the economy. Some good news, bad news, and rate hikes next.